are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. the drive. Paul looks, leans, puts up a three. Shazam! And it counts. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. I got it. I got it. All I do is win, 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 win. And if you go in, put your hand in the air. Stay there. Alamaki, the gun to the right circle. Shot. Score! All I do, all I do is win, win, win. No matter what. seconds, one second, it's over. Suns win. The Suns win it. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Up, 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 down. Because all I do is win, 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 win. And if you go in, put your hands in the air. I'll swing. Eat in the kitchen. They said it best. Just win. Keller in front. Tip, they score. Gene Gosses Bear with his second goal of the game, and what a setup! Baby, win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can't oh, this is good, man. An impressive victory over the defending NBA champion. And they stay there. There's the horn, that's it. The Arizona Coyotes lead from the get-go. Who's out? The Blue Jackets. And they stay there! Oh, Man, you know what, honestly, right now, I feel like uh, Jack LaLanne, Google it, my young crunk brothers. I can't. My hands are in the air. How am I supposed to Google? Yeah, well, yeah, don't do that. Okay, Okay, honestly, Jack LaLanne, forget about that. Strike that from the record, as a matter of fact. Don't Google Jack LaLanne. The first thing you say on the air, you want stricken from the record (laughs) today? That's right. Just strike it. Immediately. Okay. Luke, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Are you jacked up? Are you fired up? I tell you, the, uh, I mean, both those games that Maloney put together in that montage, how about the Coyotes scoring six? Shane Goss to spare more goals than Alex Ovechkin this year. Not a big deal. (laughs) Just beautiful right there. And uh, the Phoenix Suns handling Golden State. I tell you, Wolf, there's a million different directions we're going to go with this game. The one, and maybe I'm way off base. Maybe this is just a, the, the feeling I got from watching this game. But I saw a Suns team. I'm not off base here. A Suns team that saw Golden State. Okay, that's, that's where we want to be. We want to be that team. Six NBA Finals appearances in the last eight years. Four titles. They just won last year. But where I don't know if I'm off base or if I'm right on, the other way, Wolf. I saw Golden State, even though that game got nasty in the third quarter. Yeah. Look at the Suns like... You're 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 the team. 
that we have to deal with this year. You saw that right there, right? I saw. Yeah. I honestly, I, I kind of felt that. it felt like Golden State was looking at the Suns like, where were you last year? Yes, and I'm sure Golden State's like, we should have beat you last year instead of Dallas. But but that's, I mean. It just it felt like there was that respect. I don't know if it's because of Chris Paul. I don't know if it's because of Devin Booker. And like I said, there were seven technical fouls in the third quarter, so I know maybe it didn't look like it in the moment. But it just felt like Golden State's, and we always say, you know, players know game more than random media members or sure. fans in different cities. It felt like Golden State was like, yeah, this is the team that might get in our way this year. Man, you know, that, that's a great observation by you right there. The respect that Golden State showed the Suns by actually getting into it. It with the Phoenix Suns. Maybe that was I think it. It's very interesting right there. Um, man, where do you begin on this, Mason Onions? Just the fact they won a game. They won a game. They're three and one right now against the Warriors. As we know, the start was awesome. Uh, Devin Booker came out, set the tone. Devin Booker was fire, came out and set the tone for everybody. The, the second half, man, was playoff basketball. I mean, it was it was like playoff that's it. basketball. That, that's what it was. The fact that Golden State engaged in that game like it was a playoff game. That's what it is. Not only the not only that though. It was it was also just Clay Thompson and Devin Booker, of course, getting into. We have so much to talk about, Basin Orleans. It's incredible. Based on one game that was played in the association last night, it just happened to be the best game, at least for us. Man, Clay Thompson getting into it with Devin Booker, getting ejected. DA just dunk the ball. Just dunk it. Will you please just dunk it? Jock Landale, what are you doing in there at the end of the game? How are you closing out the Golden State Warrior? Chris Paul! Um... Man, there are so many different ways you can go on this game. I loved it. Just an awesome way to ball out. But but I think you hit on it right there. The facts. Look, Golden State's the team to beat. Let's not get crazy here after one game in October. Nobody's going to sit here and say, oh, now the Suns are the team to beat because they're 3-1 and one and Golden State's only 2-2. Two and two. It's not that. But it's the fact that Golden State was willing to get dragged into a nasty game in their fourth game of the season. I'm guessing when Golden State plays Charlotte on Saturday, they're going to go out there and they're going to play great basketball because they're Golden State, but it's not going to have the intensity that last night's game had. <laughs> last night felt like a playoff game, and a lot of times, Wolf, in a situation like that where you have one team that that wants to get to where the other team is, you get playoff intensity from one team. And then the other team's like, yeah, whatever. Who, who are you? What? Golden State didn't treat the Suns like, who are you? Golden State was like, okay, yeah, we'll get into it with you because we know there's a good chance we see you in May. Clay Thompson got ejected for the first time ever. Yeah. Ever. Yes, I know. Incredible. It really was. Um yeah, you know, to me, I, I cannot help but think the Warriors were going to poke and prod. They poked and prodded the Phoenix Suns. And who did they target? Devin Booker. That was an interesting choice. <laughs> Devin Booker. <laughs> Probably. I, I mean, there's other it, guys I would have gone you get after. that feeling right there, too, that that was, you know, this was no accident. They were jawing at Devin well, Booker. Well, I think I think in October, if he goes off on you, look, Golden State knows, they know all the tricks. Right. If Devin Booker goes off on you on a game on October 25th, ultimately, if you're the Warriors, big deal. You want to know what you may potentially be dealing with in five or six months. So 
I don't think you're wrong. I think they were like, okay, let's see what Devin Booker's made of here. Let's let's see. Now, I don't know why they went after him and not DeAndre Ayton or whoever else on this team. But <laughs> I will say this. Maybe they knew D.A. was going to be sat down. <laughs> I know he had five fouls. Yeah, double-double in the first half. I know he had a double-double in the first half, and it was so D.A., was it not? It was D.A. This guy is going to post numbers, man. He's going to post that. There's, he's going to fall into a double-double. It's like he played two different games. Day. It's just, um, he's got he's to learn. And I, I, we're going to talk about this so much. We have so much to talk about. The mentality of the game, man. The psychological aspect of the game. It's one of the things I love the most. Playing a sport at the highest level our species can generate. And how you have to process it mentally. How you vet it in your soul is one of my favorite topics, man. And I don't care what sport you're playing. If you're doing it at the highest level our species can generate, I absolutely love talking about it. The mentality of it all. The soul of it all. How are you going to do it? How are you going to get... How are you going to win? How? There's a lot of really good audio I want to play here, and we're not going to be able to play it all before the break, so I'm just going to play two of them. Uh, the importance Who are you? of starting the game strong. I think we can all agree, if you're a Valley sports fan, there is value to starting a game strong. Here's Chris Paul. I think it's a, a conscious effort all season long. Right? We keep talking about it, that uh, you know, it ain't enough to beat a team in October, February, even March, April, whatever it is. We're trying to build every night to get ready for the playoffs. How about Chris uh, Chris Paul right there? How about Devin Booker here? Uh, just what you said. We brought it from the beginning. Um, and that's important for us. You know, that's something that we need to stick with. Being the team to throw the first punch and you know, not putting ourselves in those situations that we had the first game where we were you know, backtracking the whole game. Wolf, I don't care. We're late to break, but i got to play this one from Booker, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're not going to let one bad night you know, define our careers. Um, and looking at it, there was only one winner last year, and nobody else did. Um, you know, so everybody fell short of the goal except, you know, for Golden State, obviously. So, you know, that's not the time to pack up the bags and retire from losing one game. You know, we're going to keep moving forward, and we're going to keep playing. I could do a four-hour show on that quote right there, talking about Game 7 last year. We are so blessed to have Devin Booker as a Phoenix Sun. Talking about Game 7 of last year after you beat Golden State this year. Tell me it's not on their minds. And it, it should be. You should carry it with you all season. Not in a way where, like he said, where it defines you. But they are playing with an edge this year. And as Chris Paul said, this is great. What matters is what you do in April and May. In but the they Warriors, are, we're going to test that. And they did. That's, they are the ultimate uh, measuring stick team for sure if, you are, if you're trying to get to uh, the top of the NBA mountain. Uh, all right, when we come back, some, uh, some Arizona Cardinals. The cornerback room has been better than anticipated this year. Marco Wilson in particular is having a pretty good week. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Focus now to the Cardinals getting set to take on the Vikings on Sunday. And I don't know about you, but when I look at Minnesota, one of the first things I think, other than Dalvin Cook, 
Yeah, maybe it's the third thing, I think. I think Dalvin Cook, and I think <laughs> it's Kirk Cousins. But then I think Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and even K.J. Osborne, that's a pretty good receiving core for the Vikings. And so, if you had told me at the start of the season, look at these three receivers, Minnesota's going to be 5-1, and one. the Cardinals are going to be in trouble because they don't have any corners. Yes. Uh, it turns out, maybe they do have some corners. Yeah, maybe they do. You know, it's amazing, because when I think of the Minnesota Vikings, I do not think of Dalvin Cook, and that is is odd for me, but it just speaks to the wide receiver room that the Minnesota Vikings have and the fact that Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, don't say Kurt, Kirk Has anybody Cousins. ever called him Kirk I think Cousins? So. I did once, yeah. As a you did? Fact, yeah, J- yeah. Jim Omohundro, of course. You know Jim. I do course, know Jim, right? yeah. uh, Ohms, of course, said that I called him Kurt. And I, I said, what? you got to be kidding me. So it's Kurt. That sounds so much like Kirk. Make... You could have gotten away I, I with know, it. I know, exactly, right? So I, what did I do? Kurt? <laughs> Is that what I did? Um, I, anyways, um, I think so. When he was on Washington, uh, the executives of the team called him Kurt. Okay, great. And now because you know Washington, so now I don't feel so bad, right? But they okay. gave him eighty million dollars a year, right? But the the Minnesota Vikings offense very very interesting here. Um, it's not like they're running the ball great. They are not. They're actually number twenty five in rushing yards per game and number twenty one in rushing yards per play. Ladies and gentlemen, you put those two things together, you pretty much are what you are at this point of the season. And they're a much better passing team than they are running team right now. Now, I'm not saying Dalvin Cook does not contribute, of course, in the passing game. He does. But when you've got Justin Jefferson and you got Adam Thielen, those two guys, that is A and B right there. I'm sorry. And Kirk Cousins will post some numbers now. He will throw the well, ball. Yeah, it's October. It's exactly. Yeah, talk to me when it's dark out or in the playoffs, and then I, I'm not worried about the Vikings. Boy, but I feel right bad now, for him on that one, I mean, it's, it's kind of hanging there, isn't it? It is. I don't feel bad for Kirk Cousins or Kurt Cousins. <laughs> He's 2-10 and ten in primetime games. That's going to be so in your head right now, isn't that's, it? Kurt, that's look, him. it's Captain Kirk. No, all I see is dollar signs with Kirk Cousins because, with all due respect to him, he has to be the most overpaid quarterback in NFL history. When you look, and, and credit to him okay. for working the system yes. because he is getting paid, or at least has been getting paid, as one of the top three or four highest paid quarterbacks for the longest time. Here's the one thing about it. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have protected him. And remember, Basinonians, that when you protect a quarterback, it takes everybody. It takes scheme. That's right, scheme. The X's and O's, it matters when you're protecting a quarterback. It takes your offensive line, of course, holding up. It takes your running backs holding up in protection. It takes your wide receivers running the correct route. It takes your quarterback making all the correct reads and getting the ball out on time with a little rhythm. It, it takes in a lot when you talk about protecting a quarterback, but... Sacks per attempt, the Minnesota Vikings offense, number six in the National Football League. They are doing a great job protecting their quarterback. And because of that, they're doing very, very well in the red zone. And they're number 13 in terms of scoring points. The Minnesota Vikings throw the ball. And the Arizona Cardinals are built, I think, right now 
to give him a, a bit of a competition. Yeah, okay, so here's uh, here's Vance Joseph earlier. This is about two weeks ago talking about okay, Byron Murphy's emerging. So what are teams doing? Are they are they targeting maybe Marco Wilson? Of course they are. Of course they are. Um, he's doing fine. You know, after the first drive last week, you know, he settled down and played better. Obviously, that wasn't their that wasn't their mo. You know, going into the game, just dropping back on first down, throwing you know outcuts. But obviously, with Murph on the left and Marco on the right versus AJ, they tried it a couple of times. And in the first drive, he had three three catches, and after that, he was he was done for the day. You know, and that was part of Marco settling down. It's part of the staff making adjustments after that first drive. But um, absolutely, if you opposite of a you know so called number one corner, that's that's going to be your test. You know, most of the ball is going to come your way, and just part of being number two corner. So now that really is that it's was great. going into the Seattle game so yes. that's from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right. But no, I mean, he, but look, he's right on the mark. A hundred percent because it, it, it applies all season long. Every time we talk about all oh, the, the Cardinals shut down Devontae Adams, they shut down Cooper Cup, they shut down Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they shut down AJ Brown. Is that mostly Byron Murphy? Yes, it is. But if Marco Wilson can't do his job on the other side of the field, yeah. they just won't even. They'll just go over there, and it'll be it'll be oh yeah, Cooper Cup only had four catches, but Allen Robinson had 180 yards. That's obviously I don't think Allen Robinson has 180 yards all season. That's obviously not what's happening. Marco Wilson is improving rapidly as well to the point, Wolf, where he actually was just named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week earlier today. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> okay, now his flip into the end zone, I think it might have Style points. It might have had a lot to do with that. <laughs> I'm just guessing, Luke. But it was such a raw athletic move, and you know, it, it was indicative of the game that Marco Wilson played. Um, this matchup coming up against the Minnesota Vikings, it's going to be about that wide receiver room. I think, and I said this in pre-show prep, our meeting, um, I said this and I believe it. I think the team that actually throws the ball the best in this game, the Vikings in the Cardinals game, is going to win the game. Now that's a gross simplification of the truth, but I do believe that. When you said that in our pre-show meeting, if I were wearing a hat, it would have flown off my head and like spun around. Why? That's how Why? shocked because you tend to say it all starts at the line of scrimmage. It's all about running, and when it applies, I do say that. But I think, but more often than not, you would say it does. That's typically where these games are decided. Sure, I rarely hear you say whoever throws the ball better is going to win this week. And with, with there was no qualification. Yeah, you said it just the way you just said it right there. You know, honestly, um, the Arizona Cardinals they have Deion. Andre Hopkins back in the lineup. That changes so much for Kyler Murray. It changes so much for this offense. Can they play better than they did last week against the Saints? Yes, of course they can. And I think they will. But um, they're only going to get better, I think, from this point forward. Now, we'll see. doesn't mean you're not going to have a bad game every now and then, of course. But I think the offense is only going to get better with D-Hop back in it. And then hopefully building to a crescendo. Wow. A crescendo, ladies and gentlemen. Why'd you waste that word in the 10 o'clock hour? I know. Um, when, of course, Hollywood Brown comes back. And hopefully D-Hop is going to be fine. Look, everybody, it's DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown out on the field. Now, that, to me, is when the Cardinals will really start clicking. But right now, they got to build up to that point in the Vikings' defense, number 28 in passing yards per game allowed, and number 32 in passing yards per play allowed. 
when you when you play the Minnesota Vikings, if you can block the edges because they got really good, Daniil Hunter, of course, and Zadarius Smith coming off the edge, if you can block those two guys, you got a chance to rip up that secondary. This is going to be a game. It's going to come down to this, man. Can the Minnesota Vikings, can they beat the Arizona Cardinals? Because it's not like the Cardinals' pass defense is locked down, shut down at the OK Corral. It is not. Um, teams have been able to throw the ball from time to time. Haven't been able to score a ton of points, typically, in some of those games. But, man, this is going to be the team that throws the ball the best, I think, wins the game. The team that beat Minnesota this season is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Philadelphia obviously has beaten everybody. They're undefeated. But the only reason I bring that up, Wolf, is A, it's Minnesota's only loss. B, we have talked at length about how Philadelphia runs a similar offense to that which the Cardinals run, ran. Run. Yeah, run. Yeah, that was good. So I'm looking at this. and Jalen Hurts, two rushing touchdowns in that game. Jalen Hurts threw for 333 yards and another score in that game. Now, that was early. It was the second game of the season. It was Monday Night Football. But there is a... There's been a roadmap laid out there to how to beat the Vikings if you're not, but that was in prime time, so maybe that helped. And Kirk Cousins, by the way, did have three interceptions. Kirk. But, uh, but there is a roadmap to how to beat the Vikings this season, and it was laid out by a team that runs a very similar offense to the one that the Cardinals run. So take that for what it's worth. Looking forward to this game, man. Yeah, I, I think, I think we all Here are. Here we after, go. After Here we go. What are you going to do about better it? Better vibe after, uh, what are you gonna do? after Thursday. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. All right, who are the best teams in the NFL? We're going to rank our top five next in our NFL Power Pool. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power 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 Pool. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. I hate the the, the five spot in this power pole this week, Wolf. This is uh This has been the theme this season. There's like three clear teams, whatever order you want to put your top three in. I love how I'm saying all this and I haven't seen yours your list yet, and it's probably gonna like defy all the logic I'm putting out there. Yeah, right, exactly. I I don't know what you're talking about. This was an easy one, (laughs) two, three, four, five. You had an easy time with this? Yes. Four and five are just awful. Here, you're gonna go first this week, okay? How do you think it's okay? Yeah, that's fine. Because I gotta put no matter what, I have to put two teams I don't believe in in the top five. (laughs) That's the way it is right now. Here we go. Let's start with number five. Number five. All right, Bazinonians, gather on the transistor and press the ear. Number five in my power poll, because I value it so much. You do. You the Minnesota Vikings at number five. Yes, it seems to fit like a glove, doesn't it? Five and one. The five and one Minnesota Vikings. Hey, listen, they deserve this right now. Five and one. Um, yeah, they're number five in my power poll. They've got a very underrated offense, I think, with Kirk Cousins. Kirk and their ability to throw the ball. Very, very good receivers. Some excellent talent. Light you up offensively. Yeah, I'm going to put the Minnesota Vikings at number five. Yeah, here we go. This is this is the start of me putting teams in there I don't believe in. But if we're doing this power poll on October 26th, Minnesota is 5-1. and one. They deserve to be in there, but I just want this to be clear. Typically, when I do a power poll, I like to account for teams I think could actually do something in the playoffs. Minnesota, not a Super Bowl contender in my mind. But right now, in a... 
very even NFL through seven weeks. They are five and one. So I'll have them at number five as well. You ready for number four? I am. Well, let me just take my headphones off. Number four. You need to make these sounders louder. I can almost still hear. You know, I actually had them number four last week, if I'm not mistaken. The New York football giants, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Giants at number four. Of course, we all know six and one right now. They've got wins over the Green Bay Packers. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. It was the Packers. They also beat the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they're a good football team. They will hammer the line of scrimmage. They will attack the line of scrimmage. And then, of course, their defense will hammer you. That is something nobody is giving them any credit for. Yet their defense has not allowed more than 22 points in a game. They've played seven games and haven't allowed more than 22 points. That's doggone good, man. I don't care. This is the National Football League, the New York Giants, number four. Yeah, we're to the point now. That's my number four team as well. We're to the point now where you can watch in-game and think, yeah, they're, okay, they're going to come back and they're going to win this game. That's it, like They were down to Jacksonville at one point. They're going to come back and win. Um, they haven't put together the most impressive streak of wins in the sense of like they haven't hammered anybody. One point win in week one, three point win over Carolina, eight point win over the Bears, five point win over the Packers, four point win over Baltimore, six point win over Jacksonville. But the thing is, Wolf, they find ways to win these games and they sort of defy logic when you look at their roster and especially with with some of the guys they even have out at their skill positions. And you're like, how is this team scoring? They're not really scoring, but they're scoring enough to win each each week. And again, do I believe the Giants are going to be the last team standing at the end of the season? No, I do not. But they are 6-1, and one, so they got to be on this list. Yeah, and, that uh, is good right there. Uh, well done. At number four. So far, we have the same list. Number three. Number three. Uh, yeah, his name is Patrick Mahomes, and he's really, really good. Uh, Andy Reid, of course, has something to do with that as well. But the Kansas City Chiefs, number three on the power pole. You could see this coming a mile away, right? Their offense still just lighting it up even though there is no Tyreek Hill. You're talking about the number two offense in the National Football League in terms of yards per game and yards per play. (laughs) It doesn't matter if they're running it. doesn't matter if they're throwing it. They're going to gash you for the most part. Number one scoring offense in the National Football League at 31.9 points per game. The Kansas City Chiefs will light you up. The only question I have is will that defense hold up when they are in a big game? Will that defense hold up? Right now, it really doesn't matter because it's week eight in the National Football League. The Kansas City Chiefs are number three. All right, this is where we're going to finally defer. Differ. I'm going to learn how to speak during the show, Wolf. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to put... The undefeated Philadelphia Eagles at number three. Wow! Uh, Wow! They're the best team in the NFC. No respect! They are my third NFC East team on this list, and I've only named three teams so far. But... 
There's two other teams I like more than them. All the respect in the world for Philly. You will at least give me that I had them as a playoff team before the season even started. Didn't think they'd be 6-0. and I don't think they're going to lose again for a while, and I am coming around on them being the, uh, yeah. the Super Bowl reps from the NFC. They're still not my first pick in that regard. If you told me I had to pick the Super Bowl right now, but they're legit in every way, and as we've said on the show a lot of times, they don't have much of a weakness anywhere. Man, as I recall, you did say the Philadelphia Eagles from week one. You were buying the Eagles, and I pointed at you and said, <laughs> You did. Didn't I? But you do that a lot, so um, I'm, I'm impressed you oh remember why. Oh, my goodness, that was bad. Okay, uh, the Eagles at number three. Give me number two, Lou. Number two. Okay, um... I wanted to make them number one. I did, but I could not do it, ladies and gentlemen. The Buffalo Bills oh. at number two right now. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills. That's right. All right. That's right. I, I, I show respect to a team that has played, uh, I don't know, six games in the National Football League. That's a big sample size in the NFL. Six games, and they're undefeated. So because of that, the Buffalo Bills, with a loss... Looking at their win-loss record, they have a loss. The Philadelphia Eagles do not have a loss. And because of that, the Bills are number two. All right, I have Kansas City number two, obviously. I think you can see where I'm going after uh, having the Eagles number three. Kansas City, their one loss was to the Bills. Their other loss was to the Colts. I can sympathize with that other loss, Wolf, because that other loss had a lot of missed kicks by somebody named Matt Amendola for the Chiefs in that loss to the Colts. So uh, I have the Chiefs at number two, which, of course, leaves us number one. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Right, let's just say them both at the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. Bills. Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Look how coordinated we are. Okay, there you go. The Philadelphia Eagles are number one in the power poll. Nobody's beat them yet, Basin Arnians. Nobody. And what's interesting about it is when you watch them play, you think to yourself, man, this is a good team. Like, this is a talented team right now. They really don't have a weakness. I've been talking about this. You were the one who pointed to them first. You loved them before the season even started. I was like, nah. <laughs> right? I was like, forget about it, man. I'm not even, look, what are you doing? The Philadelphia Eagles, you're buying into that? Jalen Hurts, are you kidding me? Ha, 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 Wow. A little turnabout is fair play, is it not? Well, I can tell you, the Philadelphia Eagles don't have a weakness except for their rush defense if you run in a north-south way. That's very specific. Everything else... This is a good football team. They're number one, and they're undefeated for a reason. That's why they're the best team in the NFC, pretty clearly. But I still think this year, Wolf, there's there is there are three potentially great teams. No but there, respect. There are two scary good teams, and those scary good teams are the Chiefs, and then the Bills, I think, are, are, are ahead of even them, only by a couple points because they already played this year. But, uh, yeah, I have the Bills number one. I will still take the Bills against anybody in this league on any given day. Luke's a denier. <laughs> Uh, the Phillies got enough. They got the Phillies. They've got uh, yeah. They've they've got the Seventy Sixers, but they're not very good right now. But they will be. He's a wind denier. All right, that was uh, that was our weekly power pull. When we come back, the Suns kept their composure and a pretty chippy game that ended up being a win over the Warriors. We're gonna hear what Devin Booker had to say about it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental free. Yeah, I didn't know entirely what to expect from Suns Warriors last night, Wolf. I kind of felt like the Suns would win. They're at home. I do feel like those games mean more to the team that doesn't have the four rings. I did not expect the Phoenix Suns to beat Golden State by 29 points. I did not. I did no. not see that coming. I will be consistent with this, so I'm just going to keep saying it all year. I think this is the Western Conference Finals. Last year, I wanted it to be the Western Conference Finals. I do think these are the two best teams in the Western Conference, and I do think people have just forgotten about the Suns because it's trendy to look for a new team. And I will continue to say this. The team that may mess that up is New Orleans, who the Suns play on Friday. But Phoenix... And they don't look perfect by any means, but that felt like kind of a statement game last night. Not because they beat Golden State, but just the way they did it. Not even the fact they beat them by 29, just the fact that there were plenty of opportunities to back down from the defending champs yeah. who were trying to push you around, and yeah. they did not back down no, at all. see, that is exactly right. Um, for me, it was just the playoff intensity of the game, especially in the second half. The playoff intensity, man, and the way they got after each other. Um, yeah, that to me, this was not your typical, hey, it's the fourth game of the season. Everybody just settled down. The Warriors were poking and prodding the Phoenix Suns, in my opinion. And they got their answer. Well, have you seen, I don't know if you saw it live or if you've seen that, somebody tweeted it to us too. Draymond Green just shoving Jock Landale in the back right yeah. into Cam Johnson as he was coming yep. down. Like that's, it's, it's funny. Every, every time I watch a Warriors game, somebody I'm watching it with will always be like, well, okay, why does everybody dislike Draymond Green? And that came up last night. And my response was watch for two minutes yes. and you will see something. That's his game. That's what uh, Draymond Green wants you to. To hate him. But what was the biggest point of contention in this game? Where was the intensity, the obvious? Where was it? Yeah, that was, I don't know that I would have picked Devin Booker and Clay Thompson before <laughs> the game. We were talking yesterday, what happens if things get sideways and Draymond tries to start something? Who's going to step in? And it didn't necessarily play out that way, but we got our answer, which I think is the one we kind of eventually came to yesterday during the show. It would probably be Devin Booker. Devin Booker. I'm not sure I want that to be Devin Booker's role because he's already doing so many other things. But last night it was okay because of the way it all played out. So why, Basin Onions, do you think it would be Devin Booker that teams would target? Why, why do you think this is? Because, I mean, honestly, there are some teams that I'm sure psychologically don't want to jab the tiger in the ribs, don't want to do that, don't want to awake the sleeping giant that is Devin Booker. So maybe you just leave him alone. Maybe there are other teams that are out there that think, hey, hey, you know what? You can get under his skin. Book has shown that from time to time. You can get under his skin. You can do it. There's a lot of different takes and a lot of different philosophies as to how to go after a guy like Devin Booker. I think last night, the Warriors were like, hey, listen, metaphorically speaking, of course, cut off the head and the body will follow. Does that make sense? Go after Devin Booker, and that's what I think happened between Clay Thompson and Devin Booker. I think I think Golden State 
is probably the only team that should be trying that tactic of let's let's see if we can wake up Devin Booker. Let's see if we can get him to, to lose his composure and get tossed. Golden State's about the only team. I wouldn't advise that for you know whoever. And when when they're when they're playing Charlotte, hey Charlotte, I wouldn't advise poking Devin Booker and seeing what he does. Denver last year, remember where they called him where they put a sure. picture of Amir Coffee? Uh Toronto with the mascot taunting him. There was a That's run right. last year of like three weeks where teams decided, hey, the way to beat the Suns is to make Devin Booker angry and he just left scorched earth behind him for those three weeks but that is my point it's kind of like major league baseball right when they change the book on a hitter and all of a sudden you know um okay you 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 showed you can handle that now how about this um it's the same thing you're you're poking and prodding trying to figure out where a guy may be and that's what i saw as i saw devin booker and clay thompson jawing at each other in the third quarter and then the technicals started piercing the air. Um, oh, yeah, to me immediately. That was my first thought. Oh, I see what you're doing. A little poking and prodding. And Clay Thompson was having a horrible game, and Devin Booker was not. Clay Thompson, his first ejection ever. And if I'm doing the math right, that's 796 career games, regular season and playoffs. Uh, Devin Booker after the game, and it wasn't it wasn't just those two. There were seven technical fouls in the third quarter. Wolf, which is the most in a game, in a quarter of a game since the 96-97 Incredible. So, again, don't tell me this was just some, oh, yeah, it's one of 82, just a regular, normal, regular season game. No, no. That that was on both sides, teams coming into that game with either something to prove or something to find out about the other team. This was Devin Booker after the game uh, on TNT talking about the dust-up with Klay Thompson. Man, I love Klay Thompson. And I have from the beginning. You know, from the draft, coming out, I said I want to be Klay Thompson. You know, that doesn't excuse us from competing against each other and, and talking a little mess with each other. So I have fun with it. Big fan of his and his, and his competitive nature. Um, and that's that. This is honestly right now, this is one of the reasons why I just absolutely admire and love Devin Booker. Because of his heart. Because of who he is. Because of the smoldering competitiveness that he brings to a floor night in and night out. Yet he is a class act. And I love that about him. He will fight you to the ground with blood under his nails. Yet he's going to do it in a classy kind of way. And he just proved it again last night. Yeah, I, I replayed it a couple times after the game because that's right after the game. That's on the TNT broadcast and I just wanted to make sure I heard Devin Booker right because this is right after the game. So this is basically still the heat of battle. And I know the fourth quarter got lopsided, but basically the heat of battle and the first thing Devin Booker is, is saying is is praising the guy he just got into it with to the point, Wolf, where he reminds everybody, I wanted to be Clay Thompson when I got drafted. Yeah, That this is why this needs to be... Look, if you're not going to give me the Western Conference Finals, just at least give me a best of seven between these two teams because there is mutual respect. There are similarities in how they play. Like I said yesterday, the Suns are kind of Golden State light right now, like last year and, and early this year. They don't have the rings, though. Golden State does. But I do think even... You never see two teams meet and one of them has four rings and the other one has none and see the sort of respect that Golden State outside of Draymond Green seems to have for the Suns. This needs to be a seven-game series because there's mutual respect. Yeah. But as we saw last night, there can be mutual hatred, too. Yeah, you know what's so cool about it, too? The Suns rallied, man. They went on an 11-0 run when Clay was ejected. 
<laughs> At 11 old Rod, you, you want to mess with us? Is that what you wanted to? Okay, fine. Taste this right here. They actually won the third quarter 33 to 20. Book, what was interesting about it, went one of four the rest of the quarter. Made a couple of free throws, um, turned the ball over, hacked a couple of people, but was quiet for the most part. The rest of the quarter after that ejection, which happened right, what, halfway through mm-hmm. the the quarter, um, I thought that was really interesting. And I think that's because he has such great respect and regard for Thompson and probably said some harsh things because, man, they were jawing. You want to talk about it was close to a brawl. I mean, if you look at Clay Thompson, he was right there. He was he was yelling. He was coming back. He was doing weird stuff. He he wanted to go. Yeah, I want to play this before we hit the break because uh, this is the other part of this. And they're going to meet three more times in the regular season. But why? I will maintain they need to meet in the playoffs. Clay got tossed and decided to taunt the Suns with the four rings. Here's Devin Booker. I have four rings. <laughs> I uh, repeat it over and over. And they do. And they do. <laughs> so is that fueling like you even more like, okay, you want to go there? No, we're, like, you know, I said respectfully, you know, I admire his game, but we're two different players. Um, and we, we play a different brand of basketball and different type of basketball. So if anybody's trying to do any type of comparison, there, there's nothing there. It's hard to argue with the four rings unless you go through them to get a ring of your own. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's it. And Golden State's going to have the upper hand on any team in the NBA until you go through them and beat them in the playoffs, which is why you need to play them in the playoffs. Uh, all right, we come back. What are we going to have our eyes on when the Cardinals offense takes the field against the Vikings on Sunday? What will Wolf watch is next? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.